Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I commend you all for showing back up this week. <laughs> Miss Veronica told me she was going to come in on a pair of crutches tonight. Since I said if I stepped on your toes, I'm not sorry. (laughs) Hallelujah. But uh, we are going to continue tonight what I started last week. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Amen. Father, we just thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the opportunity to be together. We thank you, Lord, that we've come in tonight expecting to hear something that we've never heard before in our hearts, not just in our minds, not just with physical ears, but with spiritual ears. We're able to hear and to receive what you have to say to us tonight. We thank you, Father. There is much to be learned. There is much to to step up into. There's much to grow in. And so tonight, this is just another avenue of growth. And we thank you, Lord, that we are growing absolutely growing in these areas. And we thank you, Father, that uh, no matter what's said, you know, we won't take offense. Uh, we will take it for what it is, the Word of God. And we'll, we'll, if we have to, we'll go in and we'll check it out with the Word of God. And, uh, and we'll receive it like we should. And so we expect to be changed. We expect to be blessed. We expect to be able to put it into action once we've heard it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, last week we started talking about fellowship. And uh, really the title for this is, is Fellowship, Love in Action. And that's exactly what fellowship is. It is love in action. You know, we just go back over a few scriptures. Acts 2.42 says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. You see, it's not just just being in the same room like this. It's being together at other times and times that other people won't think are spiritual. But, you know, there is a spiritual application for, for in fellowship. There's a, there's a supernatural element to fellowship that we sometimes miss out on because we don't take, take it for really more than just, just surface thing. Um, you know, God has called us to be a part of one another. And um, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, you know, it talks about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And I said last week that that forsaking can also be uh, translated as neglect or abandon. And, uh, and fellowship is something that we should not abandon. Lots of people think, seem to think that fellowship times in, in the life of a church is optional. Uh, they're not optional. They're as necessary for you as sitting here under the word that comes from a pulpit because you have no idea what spiritual impact you're going to receive in a time of fellowship. You sometimes won't even realize you got anything until you get home. You might not even realize you got it until somewhere down the road, you, you know, something comes up and you are reminded of something somebody said to you when you were together in a fellowship situation. And you go, that's exactly what I need right now. You know, so in the fact is it considers to consider one another, to provoke one another to love and good works. Well, how can you stir one another up if you're not around each other? You can't. And so we, we have to get, to get to the place where we consider fellowship times as something that God has called us together in. 
just like he calls us together on a Wednesday night, on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday night, on a Monday night. He calls us together when it's a, a fellowship time. And, um, and so we just know, we need to realize that and, and not forsake those things. John thirteen thirty five says that they will know that you're my disciples if you have love toward one another. First John 1, 7 says if you walk in the light, then you have fellowship one with another. Yeah, but I see you at church. That's not enough. And when we come to church, you know, we have a few minutes before church, after church, during meet and greet to say, hey, how are you? Good to see you. That's not the the kind of comprehensive fellowship that God wants us to enjoy with one another. He wants us to take more time than that. We talked about Proverbs 18:24 that uh, a friend one who wants friends must show himself friendly. You have to be open. There have been times when people have been here that you know they have this they have this shield around them and it's like don't come into my space. And you feel it. And so you kind of go, hi, you know, how you doing? Mm, fine, mm, fine. You know, you don't get much out of them. But, you know, we talked last week about the fact that it's a responsibility on both sides, you know, to you extend a hand and you receive the hand that's extended to you. Uh, we talked about Acts, you know, where Barnabas brought Saul into his circle of friends. We should be doing the same thing. Galatians 2.9 talks about the right hand of fellowship. Ephesians 4.16, you know, talks about how, how we are, the whole body is fitly joined together. Uh, you know, and, and really, I can, I'm just going to skip over here real quick to uh, one of the excuses that people don't really feel like fellowship is all that necessary or needful is that they feel like, I don't need fellowship. Yes, you do. You have no idea how much you need fellowship. Yeah, but I'm, I'm fine just by myself. I, I am self-sufficient. I am, you know, I, I can do everything on my own. There will come a day when you can't do everything on your own. There'll come a day when you find out you do need somebody. And if you haven't established any relationships with somebody, then your need will go unmet. Or you won't have the kind of relationship established that you feel like you could reach out to somebody and say, listen, I need a listening ear. I need a helping him. I need some advice. I need... You won't have that available to you because you haven't established any relationships. Proverbs 18, verse 1. Go over there. I'm going to kind of skip around on my notes tonight. Proverbs 18, verse 1. I was going back over this today and adding all kinds of things. It says, through desire a man, having separated himself. Oh, that's not the one. Proverbs 18. No, that is not it. Anyway, what it's, what it, oh, yeah, yes, yeah, it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not it. That's not it. 18 one. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. I've been looking at too many other translations. I didn't recognize the, King James, the regular King James here. Through desire of man, having separated himself, seeks and intermeddles with all wisdom. Uh, another translation says the recluse seeks his own selfish interests. The ASV says he, he that separates himself seeks his own desire. Another translation says he that separates himself seeks his own pleasure. Another one says, an unfriendly man is selfish. 
Hmm. Well, that kind of is the rubber meeting the road, isn't it? You don't have a desire to be around anybody else because you're selfish. You could be a blessing to someone else. You might just wind up on the receiving end of a blessing. You know, here's the thing. God values each and every one of us so much that he put us in the body of Christ. And everyone in the body is connected to everybody else. And we're not talking about the universal body of Christ, although it is applicable. We're talking about your local body, the the body that God has joined you to, and everybody should be joined to a local body. You're not supposed to be out there just on your own, flitting around, you know. Your appendix is not out there floating around from the rest of the body, unless they've taken it out, of course, you know. But, but the body is, is all put together into one. And so if God sees value in each and every one of us, and he's given us all a place in the body, and he, he says that we're all connected to each other, that we're fitly joined together, then we should value what he values. It is wrong of us to dismiss something like fellowship as though you don't need it. It's wrong. It's wrong. You need the fellowship just as much as the next person does. Now, I understand, you know, that some people, you know, like a lot of fellowship and other people don't necessarily. Um, You know, that one of the excuses is, well, I'm an introvert. Nah, that doesn't hold any water. If you're such an introvert that you just can't stand to be around people, you've got a problem bigger than being an introvert. You've got an issue that needs to be dealt with. That's, that's, a, that's a doctrine of devils is what that is. If you're convinced that you can't be around people, enough, that you can't, you can't be touched, you can't, you can't be around them, you can't do this, you can't do that. No, that is, that is not even just extrovert to the extreme. Introvert to the extreme, I mean. It is, it is something that the enemy is keeping you in bondage with. There are introverts of all kinds of levels. You know, I, I am basically an introvert. When I go home, I'm home. You just shut the door, you know, I'm, I'm done for the day. You know, that kind of thing. I go home to recharge. But you should never use that as an excuse not to do what God has told you to do. God has told you to be part of a body. God has told you to be friendly. God has told you to to prefer your brothers and sisters. He's told you to walk in love. He's told you to spend time with them. And so you can't use that as an excuse not to do what you have been instructed to do. At the very least, you see it as as something that God values, so you should place an equal value on it. You cannot dismiss what God calls precious. And our time together is that. It is precious. You know, in, in fellowshipping with people, sometimes it's, it's, we, we're stretching ourselves. I understand that. You know, not everybody is easy to be around. You know, sometimes it takes hard work to pull something out of a person. You know, but if you're determined, you know, to, to make the effort, you can be such a blessing to that person. How many times have I seen somebody come in here and a very shy, very timid, very like, oh, I don't know if I know you people well enough to be nice or anything. I, you know, they, they look like they're almost like a scared rabbit. 
you know. But the more you spend time with them, the more they let their guard down. And the more they just kind of take a deep breath and go, ah. You know, some people just need to know it's a safe environment. And for us to befriend someone helps them decide that this is a safe environment, that they can relax and just feel at home here. That's the whole point, is you need to get somebody to a place where they feel at home here. And we talked last week about how when people come in, newer people come in, it's not their job to reach out to us as, as in the beginning as much as it is our job to reach out to them. Now it's their job to respond. You know, you can't, you can't come into a brand-new church, especially if God has told you there, to be there, and just wait for everybody else to make a move. Okay, somebody else will make a move. Then it's your turn to make a move. You know, if you, if you feel like, well, you know, I don't know them well enough, invite somebody for a cup of coffee. Invite somebody to come over just for, you know, coffee and dessert. Invite somebody just to go, let's go grab a hamburger. You know, do something. You can do something. But by all means, any time a fellowship is scheduled, show up. Be there. You have no idea, you know, how, how much you'll gain from it. Uh, so you have to stretch yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's giving people our time and our, and our attention. You know, but God himself gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. Well, he gave Jesus. Is it too hard for you to give some of your time and energy? Really? Really? You can do that. God's not requiring you to give up child, your firstborn. Or maybe you'd rather give up your secondborn. I don't know. <laughs> but he's not requiring that. He's, all he's asking you is give of your time, give of your attention, give your effort. Maybe give your pocketbook a little bit by just treating somebody to a cup of coffee. You know, uh, just do that. Lay down your lot. You know, when, when first John, I mean, John 15, 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, and he laid down his life for his friends. Um, don't just look at it and go, okay, well, he's my friend, but he's not. She's my friend, but she's not. You know, your friends are your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And there shouldn't be a, yeah, yeah, yes, you, you know. You know, there's not a separate, there's not like separating the sheep from the goats. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's time just, just to look at somebody and go, I'm open to the Lord telling me, you know, to pursue them. I'm open. Some people will have to be pursued for a while until they're able to, on their own, reach out to someone else. You know, I told you last week that there's a study been, has been made that uh, a person needs to develop four relationships in a church to stay. Many people have come and many people have gone because they never developed that. It's not always our fault. Sometimes it's theirs. They didn't choose to make friends with anybody. They didn't choose to be open to someone else's advances toward them in friendship. They didn't choose to attend fellowships. And there's nothing we can do about that. But it really bothers me when somebody wants to lay the blame on, on us as a church when we did everything we could to include them and they chose not to be included. You know, it's not my fault. It's not your fault. You know, but like I said, as we ended last week, we could do better. We could always do better. Uh, there are times in, in, uh, in the life of a church you know, where you would do your best to befriend somebody, somebody who takes effort. And after a certain amount of time, I have, I have seen it happen where the person who's making the effort to pull this other person in, God releases them from that because 
the person that they're trying to get into a certain place of growth, they, they just refuse. You know, and I don't think God expects you just to keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on with no results. But, you know, those situations are not that frequent. It's generally somebody that will come in, will allow themselves to be drawn into the church, drawn into a circle, and, and drawn into, into areas where they can serve and be happy and, and, and just make themselves at home. Um, Romans 12, 9 through 13 says that, that we should be given to hospitality, which means we need to practice it. Give ourselves to it means to practice it. Webster says that that means to receive people generously and kindly, offering a pleasant environment. Strong says generous to guests, fond of having guests. You know, there are many people in this church who are so generous with their time and with their homes. You know, I could just start naming you all. all people who have fellowships at their house all the time, you know, who are always open to somebody coming and, and coming to their house, whether it's their own age group or maybe a different age group. I'm thinking of a, Annette Butler. She's always letting whatever age group wants to come into her house. The seniors have been there. The singles have been there. The kids have been there. You know, every age group in the church has been to, to Annette's house. You know, and there's more of you that, that do that same kind of thing. And God sees that as a plus. You know, there are some people who are gifted with, with the attitude of hospitality. And I appreciate that so much. Uh, it, it, it enriches the church because they're willing to open their home. It enriches the lives of the people who attend because they're willing to open their home. Um, we said last week, be hospitable to 1 Peter 4, verses 9 and 10. Be hospitable one to another without grudging or grumbling. <sighs> Don't say, okay, I'll go to the fellowship, but I guess I'll have to be nice to so-and-so. I really am not interested in going. I'm not interested in anything anybody there has to say, but I'll show up. Well, unless you change your attitude before you show up, stay home. <laughs> Just stay home. You know, to come in with a bad attitude doesn't help anybody, least of all you. All you do is setting yourself up to to get a bad reputation that nobody wants to be around. (laughs) Uh, In verse 10 of 1 Peter 4, it says, Every man has a gift to minister to one to another. Do you know you're gifted to minister to people? Maybe not to everybody, but God can connect you to somebody that you're, you're the one who's gifted to minister to that person. There are some people that will be reached, that God knows will be reached by a specific person at a specific time. Where nobody else maybe could get through to them, maybe you're the one who can. Maybe you're the one who can help them break down these, those defenses they've put up. Maybe they've had a bad experience in a, in a prior church. Maybe they've had bad experiences in life in general. Maybe you have the gift to help them see beyond that and put that aside so that they can become a vital part of the body. Um, I said last week, you need to enlarge the place of your tent, which means enlarge your circle of friends. You can't have too many friends. We were just with another pastor uh, last week, you know, and, and we've known them for a lot of years. Uh, we served in RMAI together, and, uh, you know, and I was telling the pastor's wife, I was saying, you know what, I just, you know, I, you know, I was raised in a small town and, and then moved to Jacksonville. Just to, I mean, I just consider myself a little country girl, 
you know, with no real, you know, outside of just having a, a family, you know, having a, a home, you know, you don't really see yourself doing too much. I said, but God has been so good because of the Lord Jesus and just being born again and just being in the family of God and then being in the ministry and being connected with people. We have friends all over the world, not just in my little, my little space of life, but all over the world. I know people that I can call friend. You can't have too many. You never know when that, that one that you haven't seen in 20 years will suddenly be the answer to a problem you have. Or might contact you one day just to encourage you in a moment that you need encouraging of some kind. So enlarge your circles. Don't look at, ever look at anybody and say, they have nothing to offer me. Maybe they're looking at you the same way. Maybe they think the same thing about you, that you have nothing to offer them. Um, well, what can you expect out of fellowship? I'm going to talk about the benefits to you of fellowship. Number one, it'll help you grow. It will help you walk in and develop the gifts that God has put on the inside of you. How about love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, kindness? All those can be developed. And when you are fellowshipping with people, you will have an opportunity to let all those things grow. Uh, you can grow in your love walk. You can grow in your joy. You can grow in, grow in kindness. You can grow in temperance, which means, you know, just putting up with somebody else's foolishness. Um, you can grow in all those kind of things. So it'll help you grow. You'll learn things that you didn't know. You'll learn things you didn't know about other people. You'll learn things about, that you need to know for yourself. You know, I mean, I, I remember, you know, one time we had a fellowship and somebody, a lady, you know, who we got, everybody got to talking and they talked about unusual jobs. And I think she had been a forklift operator. And everybody's going, really? Really? Do, what, what do you really know about somebody? Now, I'm a person of a million questions, so I like to ask a lot of questions, you know, so that I find out as much as I can about somebody. Uh, did, how many of you knew that I'm, I'm an old x-ray tech? You know, I mean, some of you do and some of you don't. Uh, you, there's a lot of you who have had experiences in life that are just extremely interesting. You'll learn about people. And what you learn about people sometimes will help you understand them a little bit better. Just, just it, what life experiences they've gone through will help you, and it'll help you dealing with people. Um, there are things that you need to know just personally. Veronica, after church last, last week, was telling me about how she was with the music department. And uh, it was, I guess, before church. And she was coming up the stairs, and she just was having an issue with her knee. And just, just made some comment about it. And, and there's Jay. And he said, Miss Veronica, it might be your shoes. And she's going, my shoes? What's my shoes got to do with my knee? Sure enough, she stopped wearing the shoes and her knee problem went away. That's a blessing. You never know what somebody... Okay, I don't really know how in the world to calm a crying baby. Somebody in the fellowship group does. I don't know how to get this out of my husband's shirt that he, that he didn't tell me about until it was too late. Somebody's got the answer. It's in time of fellowships you find out practical aspects of life that will bless you. 
They will share not only natural aspects, they can share spiritual aspects. To find out that somebody has been through something, you know, and this is how they overcame it, will help you later when you face the same thing. Okay, you know, this is, I mean, they kept their eyes on Jesus. They kept their joyful. They were conscious of, of this particular scripture. I mean, I remember when, when a pastor was diagnosed with cancer in 1996, I just fell apart. And out because of a relationship I had with one person and the relationship they had with another person, that other person called me and shared with me a scripture that they had used when their husband was seriously ill. And I took that thing, and it has become one of my favorite scriptures ever. It pulled me out of that uh, anxiety that I was in that day. But it was because of the connections I had made. You know, and they called me out of the blue. I mean, I, I have talked to that person before on the phone. You know, really, really hadn't spent any time. But they called me, said, here, I think you need this. What a blessing. And that's all because of fellowshipping with one person that, that connected me to another. So you don't ever know what kind of spiritual impact fellowshipping with one person is actually going to lead to that may not come from that person, but from somebody else because of that person. It may help you in a job situation. Hey, I remember so, I talking to so-and-so about, you know, I was looking for a job, and, and then they... They knew somebody, and they, they felt somebody, and they came back, and they told me about a job, and I got the job, and I love my job, you know? Wonderful things can happen. It helps develop you in just being a better person, a better people person. All of us can, can um, benefit from developing our people skills. And when you, when you run across somebody who has zero people skills... You, you find out how much people need people skills. <laughs> we, we've, had, we've had some of those over the years. Got no, got no people skills at all. Oh, my heavens. Oh, you know. Uh, Pastor and I were, were laughing the other day about, about this uh, guy we, we knew uh, many years ago, and, and he, ha- he had none, had none, just had none. This was back when, I don't know, we had, I don't know, maybe we have just been married a little while, and a girl I had, I had was my age, and, she was very tall, very, I mean, her family was husky. They were husky people. And it would have been great if she had been a guy, but she was a girl, and she had this husky build. I mean, she was strong. She was tall. She was big. And, and uh, she had a younger sister who was short, petite, you know, gorgeous. And, and so she was having a real struggle one day. And this guy, his name was Edward. Not Edwin, Edward. <laughs> Edward. And, and, and he came up to her, and he saw she was just, you know, just having a really bad day. And he goes, what did he say? Come on. You, you, we were just talking about it. Come on. There's, we said something like, well, there's a lot of girls that are uglier than you. I, I don't think, think that's in the category of good people skills. It's certainly not in the category of encouraging. You know, so some people need people skills. Maybe you need people skills. Fellowshipping with other people will helpfully develop you in people skills. Don't ever say you're, somebody's ugly, you know. Don't, don't, don't do that. Somebody come up to me one time and said, Pastor Andy's like, you should stop wearing black. You wear black all the time. It's depressing. And I went, 
I love black, and I'm not the least bit depressed. I think I'll keep wearing it. And then somebody else came up to me one time and said, you shouldn't wear white. White is not your color. I went, too bad. I'm going to keep wearing it. No problem. The first one was just lighthearted. The second one was, you know, they were, they were digging. You know, but I chose not to take it. I thought, you need some people skills. You definitely do. Uh, when you have a bigger circle of friends, you will have a bigger opportunity to have influence. You will. You will have a, a lot more people who will be willing to listen if God tells you to go to them with something that comes from him. Um, someone you, need, you meet might be the pathway to meeting a need down the road. I think we've already kind of said that. And besides that, iron sharpens iron. If you see that in Proverbs 27, verse 17, iron, just being around people makes you sharper. You know, in my own household, I've survived by being sharpened by my husband and two sons because they love to just dig, love to just poke at you, love to make fun, love to throw little barbs at you. But I have learned to survive, and I have learned to survive well. So iron has sharpened iron in my household. (laughs) That's why my children never give me anything. I think one year Steve gave me a serious card, and I went, what is the matter with you? Usually it's something with a real, real big dig in it. And I'm going, oh, I laugh. You know, we just go on. But I wonder, I, I just go, why would you give me a serious card? Well, because Christy thought I was doing too much with the funny stuff. I'm going, well, don't listen to her. <laughs> but uh, when you're sowing into other people, you can expect to reap a harvest. Even in this area of fellowship, you can expect to reap a harvest. You know, when you need somebody in your life, they'll be there if you're there for someone else. Now, let me ask you this. Um, what about benefit to others? The Lord the other day put this in, just, just flashed this for me. He said, when you fellowship with someone else, it can become, like the old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. For you to draw somebody into your circle, for you to bring them into your area of fellowship, into your life, and help bring them into the life of the church, will help them down the road when they are struggling, when the enemy is trying to separate them. The very fact that you have a relationship with them means, number one, you're more apt to pray for them. Number two, you're more apt to go after them and pull, try your best to pull them back in to the circle that they need to be in and to keep them from where they should not be. Too many people, because they did not have an active fellowship life within the church, found themselves drawn to places they had no business being with people they had no business being in relationship with. And the fellowship of the body the fellowship of a circle of people where we have made an effort to draw them in will help protect that person from the enemy pulling them away and them backsliding into a life that they really did not choose. Because people can't always see it. And if you have a real relationship with somebody, you have the ability to go to them because they know you care and say something to them to help turn them around. 
Every man has, a, has the opportunity to make their own decisions, to receive it or not receive it. But we shouldn't let them fall through the cracks because we didn't even try. We saw them struggling and we did nothing. We didn't say, hey, let's, let's go get a cup of coffee. Let's go get whatever they like, Diet Coke, whatever it is they like, you know. Let's go get a milkshake. Sounds better to me. But uh, uh, whatever it is, let's go do something. Let's spend some time together. It, it might be 30 minutes, but that 30 minutes can make an eternal difference in the way their life goes. You, do, you have no idea what... What a little bit of your time could mean to somebody else. That's, that's the benefit that you have for them. It get, in fellowship with somebody, it gives them the opportunity to reveal a little bit more about themselves. I remember somebody that was here for a solid year before we found out that they were a drummer. And at the time, we needed a drummer. And because of the fellowship relationship, that little tidbit came out. And because of fellowship relationships, they were encouraged to come to music practice. Because of that fellowship relationship, they played the drums for a long time here before they, you know, moved away. You know, there are things in people that they won't share with you until you get them in a place and a time of fellowship. And there's, there are things in people that can be drawn out of them. Hey, why don't you try why don't you try Tiny Tots? Oh, no. Well, just give it a try. I've had people give it a try and say, I love Tiny Tots. I love those babies. I love those toddlers. And I'm thinking, praise God, you do. Amen. Yes. (laughs) Hallelujah. But there are giftings in people that have to be drawn out. And a lot of the ways we can draw them out is through fellowship. Um. Uh, again, if, you, if you're in relationship with somebody through fellowship, you're more likely to pray for them. You're more likely to be attuned to the fact something's not right with them. Something's going on. You're more open to meeting a need if you sense that they have a need. You know, you may not even know they have a need, but God is more able to get through to you, to put you, them on your heart. You know, there are times when you have not a clue that somebody is struggling with a particular area, that they need something. And it's in your power to meet that need, and, and, you, and you do it not knowing there really is one, and later you find out you have, you have no idea what that meant to me. I, I, put, I put $5 in somebody's hand one time, and I said, this is for gas. No, maybe $20. And I said, this is for gas. And I found out later that on the way to church, they said, Lord, I need gas money. It's all because of relationship, and their relationship came through fellowship. Well, fellowship also helps you connect them to somebody else. There are people I, I, I think are, are gifted to go after people initially and then connect them to other people, just gifted. You know, they'll get them connected to somebody else, and then they'll move on to another project, another person project. And, and I think that's, I mean, I watch it in action, and I'm just amazed by sometimes what I see. Um, but most important is fellowship makes a person feel a part of this family. That's the most important thing, is they have become a part. You know, it would be sad for somebody to come here for weeks or months and never feel like they belonged. 
And we want to help them feel like they belong. Amen. Actually, what you're doing is you're making a connection to their heart. And when you look at fellowship, that's really what it is. You're connecting to somebody's heart. Um, I said last week, you know, something about about fellowship being such a, a big thing and that you don't ever know that what fellowship is something that brings somebody and keeps them here. I talked about Doug, how, how Lori, you know, told him he wanted her to bring him something from the uh, church Christmas dinner, and she told him no, that if he wanted it, he'd have to come get it himself. So he came on a Saturday night to a church Christmas dinner. He came to church the next morning. He'd been here ever since. And then I talked to Jenna. Come here, Jenna. Don't leave out the first part. Yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I just wanted to give this testimony just supporting what she's saying uh, and how important fellowship is. And so uh, a little background about me is I grew up Southern Baptist, and uh, I moved up here for my junior year of college to go to UF and didn't know really anybody other than my roommate who had moved back um, from Vero with me. And she knew people from Impact because of uh, Camp Decision, from summer camp. And so one night she was like, oh, do you want to go to church with me? And I was like, sure, you know. At that point, I'd been going to church by myself, so, like, in Gainesville. And so I was like, sure. So I came, and, I mean, I was like, what is wrong with these people? Why are they so loud? Why are, what are they reaching for, you know? And, like... At some point, Michelle was on stage, and she started speaking in tongues, and I was like, that is not English, and that is not Spanish, and I'm out of here. And I took Angela's keys, and I left her here, and I was like, you're going to have to get a ride home. Like, this is, I don't know what I got myself into. And so I left. But um, I still, I didn't have any friends yet. Like, I hadn't met, I'd only been here a few weeks. And so um, the singles, you know, they have a lot of fellowships, and she's like, well, why don't you come you know, to dinner with us and whatever else was going on. And I was like, sure, you know. And so I I got to know people through those singles events. And, you know, most of them were pretty normal. and <laughs> most, um, most of them. Yes. And, and, during, and so I started doing that for a few months. And during those few months, like, God really started working on my heart. And, like, if you look at my college Bible, like, in Acts and Romans, like, everything that says, like, tongues of fire, tongues in one accord and being filled with the spirit, all of that is like highlighted and underlined. And I really just started like reading about this because I just really didn't know anything about it other than it's crazy. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And so there was a fellowship coming up and it was a potluck at the Morgans at their old house um, after a Sunday morning service. And I was like, Oh, I want to go. Cause like, I know everybody, but um, you have to go to church. Yeah, but I have to go to church. So I went ahead and came to service and went to the potluck. And um, I was like, you know what? I survived. Like, that that wasn't so bad, you know? And it <laughs> started coming back. And, um, and I had stayed here for a while, maybe like, I don't know, eight or nine months. And Angela, my roommate, ended up going to another church in Gainesville. And I was like, well, I'll go with you and, you know, see how it is. And I was there for a while. And, and while I was there... Um, like, my biggest fear back then was just becoming squirrely. Like, I didn't know a lot about, like, this 
uh, way of, of living, of worshiping. Like I just had a lot of religion in me and I just didn't want to be one of those weird people. And so while I was there, like I started to feel uneasy. Like if something was spoken there that wasn't in line with the word, I just really wouldn't know. And um, just really started feeling like a pull to come back to impact because like the time that I was here, like I really felt like it was solid teaching. But if you ask Eric, he's like, oh, don't sound don't sound so spiritual. You know, you came back for me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I ended up, um, my roommate stayed at the church that we had been going to, and I came back here and just got involved. And uh, like last week, you mentioned about like the different age groups, like fellowshipping with outside of your age group. And I remember like being at the spring fellowship and like Coral was just so friendly to me. And I'm like, why is she being so nice to me? Like, I, it just really, it really like had an impact on me. And so um, because of, uh, of fellowshipping with the singles, like I was not in a place where I was open to God having any breakthrough in my life, like inside of the walls of this church. Like I just, I had too much religion in me. And, um, but God knew he could use the people that attend the four walls of these church to reach me outside. And like, he really did a work in me. And like, when you look at the fruit of it, like I met Eric here and, uh, you know, Kelsey came here. She's my sister. If you don't know. Uh, and she met Drew and now like we have five kids between the five of us. I mean, Four. you know, like <laughs> Our number yes, five is. Yes. <laughs> I, I was talking about the Holy spirit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, <laughs> yes, thank you. So, you know, we have three kids. They have two kids that are now being raised in this church. And, and like, I've had the opportunity with Charlie recently, um, when she's at, uh, events or if a friend of one of her friends comes or she brings somebody like to be, to, you know, tell her like, it is important. Like God is using you and your friends to show his love to them. They, they don't, they might not know his love. And so like, if you feel yourself getting upset or jealous that you're not like with your friends and you have to talk to somebody else, like don't even allow yourself to start feeling that way because you like, you are doing the Lord's work, what he wants you doing to change the lives of the kids that come here. And like, I think that we just need to think about like, we are doing the Lord's work when we set aside our, our desire to be with the people who are close to us to really reach out and, and do everything that, you know, Pastor Angela has said the last two messages. Amen. You know, I can get up here and I can say everything that I've said tonight, but to have somebody testify to that very thing. You know, I said last week, fellowships will get you a spouse. Zach and Kelsey are exact, are, are, are proof of that. Kelsey started coming, what, to fellowships, right? Singles events. And because, who, who would you come with? Catlin. Came with Catlin. Oh, who snagged a husband, too. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm telling you, fellowship leads to lots of good things. You know, it, you, can, you, you, can, you cannot decide how important it's not. Because it is important. And you have no idea what down the road it will mean for your life and how it will enhance your life. But it also enhances other people's lives. You can be the enhancee or the enhancer. 
which one are you going to be? You should be, you should be both. So, you know, um, like I say, I think we, we, we get compliments all the time from people who come about how friendly this church is. I want you to be friendly, but I want you to befriend people. I want you to pull them in, draw them in, and, and make them feel like they're a part of the family, that they can, they can be safe here, they can grow here, they can flourish here, they can, they can have the blessings of God here. But it, fellowship is not something that we are allowed to decide whether it's, it's important enough to, to participate in. Because God clearly tells us that we are to have fellowship one with another. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.